Hey folks, this is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. I think we're on episode number five or six. I can't keep counting anymore. It's five. So that intro song was pretty interesting, and you guys will know why we picked it here shortly. This is going to be the fun one I think a lot of people have been wanting us to talk about. Uh, but we're going to do a little, couple of different things, maybe a little bit of tech talk, maybe not a lot. Um, but uh, talk about the ATA show. Um, Things going around the internet. Things going around the internet. I've been having a field day on my feeds in the last two weeks with that time of year, the ATA. And yeah. also why why we didn't go this year. Oh, my store. God, yeah. This might be a five-hour show. Well, I, I didn't get sponsored to go, so that's why I stayed here. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm just going to throw... Wait, wait. Why aren't you sponsored? Hold on. I'm just going to throw a really quick shout-out because... Shout out, uh, that song, the guy that was singing it, Charlie Puth, kind of reminded me of uh, Sterling Webb. Why? Kind of resembles him. So Sterling, if you're listening like to to this, I'm sorry, bro, but he just for a split second reminded me of you. Wow. Facially, not that you'd sing like that or anything. No, maybe he does. We don't know. Yeah, Sterling might sing really good. We all know that Bridger sings. He's just... Bridger really sings good. Oh, One not... of these days. He's going to sing for us. If you guys see him out at Lancaster, please make him sing. Yeah, make Take him, him to karaoke. Seriously. Karaoke night. We're going to do a karaoke night. And I can't guarantee my phone won't be on video mode. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. A lot of liquid courage for that one. Oh, come on. If you guys have ever heard this guy in here, he sings all the time while he's shooting and riding in cars. I mean, he's just a singer. He's got a great voice. Yeah, when we came back from the gym this morning, he jumped in the shower and I heard him singing in there. Well, fun fact, he sang in choir. Right? Yeah. See, there you go. Hey, I sing well, hey, in choir. The amount of like the amount of women versus the amount of men in choir, you, you have to play the odds, Scott. Ooh. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, back to archery. Archery. Yep. ATA show. You know, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is just some of the stuff on the internet. Maybe this was gonna be our we keep threatening to do a Mythbusters version of our show. Uh, Mythbusters and archery, because my gosh, there's a lot of it out there. Yep. Um, but ATA, my 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 news feed has been slammed with ATA information for the last 48 hours, and I'm going to be honest, it is annoying. Does anyone else feel that way? That's that's all I see. So, I mean, it's it's Bridger, a lot of Bridger. You going to be the nice guy? I mean. I don't. I I think ATA show is awesome for our industry. It allows some people that aren't as exposed to new products and stuff to be able to experience them as a retailers and such. Um, as somebody that has gone as a manufacturer, right. somebody that's gone as a sponsored shooter slash personality, but the only thing I haven't done is go. As a retailer, right, um, to fill orders and such. I mean, I don't. Know. I think there's a lot of really good things about the show. I think there's a lot of stuff that is not great about the show. But I mean, I 
for me, it's kind of like every time I go into Bass Pro. I go into Bass Pro exclusively to be reminded why I don't go into Bass Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the ATA show can feel that yeah. way. Now, like I said, I think it's an awesome thing for the industry. Allows you know people to meet up, like-minded people to be uh, together, which is always a good thing. But there are definitely a lot of negatives about it. Yeah. You know, but I think it, in the long run, and in, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's a good thing. I think there, but there are definitely things that could be a lot better. And it's it's transferable to to the world of firearms too. You know, I've been to Shot Show, uh, and I've seen how that show gets just flooded with with people that aren't dealers, aren't retailers. Well, yeah, aren't that's anything. the thing. Just, Man, it, I just wish the darn organization would decide what it wants to be when it grows up, and that's my whole. F- problem with it um you're gonna have an industry trade show then have it have a boat show you know or have a, a shot show like he like jason's talking about but let's not go do what it was intent initially intent to do intended for which is bring out the new products for the retailers and the dealers that are selling this stuff day in and day out give us a single source place to look at it touch it feel it and buy it yeah and in my opinion the show now is two-thirds the other side of the fence which is I think you got third of the people there actually working to buy, place orders, look at new product, and I think two thirds of it, in my opinion, in the last five years, seven years, it's turned into a massive social media marketing show. That's yeah. all it is. Well, here's the thing: I don't, I don't hate that it's a social media deal Neither from do I. from the aspect of like how we're able to absorb the ATA show this year, not being there. Right. I think. Like what Greg with Bow Junkies doing, what Bow Hunter Planet does with all their stuff, with Archery Talk, what they do, the I can't even remember the guy's name, but what he does with all their videos, um, and even the just the social media videos that ATA themselves put out right. on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff for retailers that either A aren't able to go or B like us choose not to go on certain years. Right. Um man, what I but and everybody will say this, everybody that's been on the manufacturer side of it. Um, last year I went there and worked for uh, Muddy Big Game and Hawk Tree Stands. Right. Man, 90% of the people I talked to in the booth was, hi, my name is so-and-so, here's my card. I we have, have, have 10,000 likes. This is how many people we have subscribed to our it's, YouTube channel. This is how many horrible. people we have following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah. What well, happened to and, us two years ago? Yeah, and as as somebody that makes their living in the industry as a shooter or as a sponsored uh, athlete, personality, celebrity, whatever you want to call it, man, I, maybe maybe it's just me kind of being a hole saying this, but dude, if somebody wants to sponsor you, they'll search you out. They'll call you. They'll find you. I haven't written a resume, a shooter's resume, quote unquote. Since I was like thirteen years old, <laughs> that's like two years ago. <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean seriously, I can't even tell you if I have one. Right? I yeah. know, I know, I don't. Right. But it's just, I don't know if it. I don't. Know, Chris B is a really good example of it. The way Chris did his stuff, he he started filming and shoot. He was shooting competitively because it was something his dad got him into. He started hunting, started filming doing everything and everything kind of grew organically. And now he's arguably him switching to Matthews this year is, I mean, behind Dudley and 
Pigman switching to PSE is the biggest switch of the year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you think about it, the stuff that he's like all the the hype and everything that's come out of that is insane. And I know for a fact Chris doesn't have a resume. Chris didn't send a resume to right. Matthews to get sponsored by well, them. You know, so here, so there's there's a good segue to talk about something maybe. And this is I know we were going to head this way anyways, but we'll bounce a little bit all over. But you know, let's be honest, Dudley. Pigman, I'm like, I ain't gonna throw Pigman in there because Pigman's on television, so network TV probably is a pretty big deal. But you know, I want to, I'll talk about Dudley and even Chris to that degree. I think for me as an archer, it is a bigger deal when, let's say, a Levi goes from elite to to Matthews or Nathan Brooks happens to switch to wherever. And maybe this is just in my own bias opinion because I do follow the target archery community pretty mm-hmm. pretty heavily, but. I just think it's a bigger deal than a celebrity like a Dudley or a Chris moving manufacturers. I don't see how that affects the industry, negatively or positively. Why does it matter? And I'm going to well, pose that I, question as topic. Why does it matter? Well, uh, I think, I mean, nothing against Nathan Brooks or, you know, another, or myself. I mean, dude, Levi and Chris sell. Ten times as many. Okay, bows so as Levi was a Nathan bad did. example. Okay, but I'm going to go. Let's use Chris as a specific example. Nathan and I, because I know him, um, is going to be far more integral to me as a manufacturer because of the feedback I will get from him because he shoots his bow about a thousand more times a year, right? Tens of thousands more times a year than the other two guys we mentioned. Um, in the first week he owns it, right? And, and that's no, what, that's and what I'm saying. So as a manufacturer. I want that kind of feedback, making my products better, which is going to give me a better product to my end well, they're, users. They're both important because you need somebody to sell your product. Doesn't matter how good your product product is if you don't have somebody to sell it for you. And I'm not saying like Nathan yeah, like and saying. guys like that don't do. You're that just giving the other side does. of the fence because, dude. Again, going back to I have this many people, this many, that many people, whatever. Chris has thirty thousand followers on Instagram. He's very right. he's very interactive with all everything he does on there. Half of his Instagram stories are people that tag him in stories and him reposting them. Right. Um, the way his digital media works, I mean, for him, switching Matthews, it works very well, but like his YouTube channel, he has 50,000 subscribers on there. Right. That's 50,000 sets of eyeballs that see his stuff every time he releases a video. Right. That's pretty important for a company, regardless of the size of the company. I agree. Regardless of whether it's Matthews or if it's uh, Hamsky with his rest and peak. Yeah, it's the new world that we live in. Yeah, I mean it's Before, it's I mean, huge. It Look, when when Chris joined up with uh, Colby Hanley for Ultraview, I mean Colby was doing fairly well, but when Colby got somebody like Jesse Broadwater and Chris to come on, he blew up, man. Right. He, oh, dude, he's making money hand over fist, right? Doing that stuff, and good for him. But because he has somebody to sell his product, right? So you know the the scary part is, I mean. For me, looking and I agree with you a thousand percent, and I have nothing against any of those guys. Um, it's it's kind of scary though, because I think it gives, and I see this every day in the shop with our young archers that are definitely following that path, or they want to follow that path. I mean, hell, we got a shooter in here who arguably is one of the top young adult shooters around. Mm-hmm. You haven't even got a chance to watch him shoot that much because he hasn't shot at all in the last year and a half. Because guess what? He wants to be the next Chris B. He wants to be the next uh, uh, John Dudley. And 
that is the chances of that happening versus him shooting his bow and getting there are slim to none. And you can't make him understand that because all he sees is social media, social media, social media. And it's what drives him. Hell, he even started a, a, his own company, you know. I'm not going to say the name, but but that's where he's going to go with it. Yeah, but I think one of the big things is someone like Chris. You've shot with Chris for he a long shoot. time, haven't you? Yeah, Chris oh, yeah. is an Chris is an accomplished target Heck archer yeah, as well as a as Chris, a hunter. The He's, difference Chris has been like Chris is really burst on the scene, and I hate not that I hate using him, and I hope we give him some press for this. But yeah, because like, he's amazing. <laughs> but it's not like Chris just one day was like, "Oh, I want to film my hunts." Right. And he's boom. been doing this stuff for yeah for years. I mean, he's twenty two years old. He's been doing this for fifteen years. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't anything new well, to him. And, he's and still grind. He's been grinding it out. Him, the right. the amount of work and the amount of hours that Chris has put in to build up the following that he has and the brand, the be real brand, brand that he has, right. dude. If you equate that to work hours in a week, I bet he's working 120 hours a week doing right. stuff. It's right. insane. It's yeah, hard work. It's not something you just like. Oh, I'm gonna do this and then it blows up. But you know what's yeah. funny? That's what most people think of. It oh, 100 percent, man. Yeah. And it's that's insane. what. Hey, Chris, no offense, dude. We love you, um, but it's it's. Well, I don't I, think I'm any bringing that's, it up. I'm bringing it up for conversation to say, hey, is this the right way for this industry to be rolling right now? Because it is going in that direction. Times, I mean, like a tidal wave. Well, I don't think that's Chris's fault that people no. misinterpret the way they're doing stuff. If anything, it's good for Chris because it proves how much dedication he has to it. Right. Because anytime somebody's like, oh, I'm just gonna start, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel and make a bunch of money, sell, you know, doing videos and making YouTube money. Well, yeah. it, a lot of people think it happen. A lot of people expect instant gratification. Well, exactly. They think that they're just gonna do it and 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 boom, the next. Well, day so there are others there. who use that platform like Chris, though, that have the primary and sole intent of marketing for dollars that's the bottom line well that's the that that is 100 percent the issue that is 100 the issue chris chris, chris is not that found guy. his way into it Correct. like it happened like for chris it happened and worked out the way it did because he he wanted to have another outlet to enjoy hunting with right chris i mean he does it because he enjoys doing it and has found a love for filming and doing a lot of different types of digital media but he started filming all his hunts and stuff because he liked hunting with his dad and being able to revisit it. Right, right. No, and I, and I think it's awesome. And yeah, the other side of that is what I guess what I was saying earlier. The it's the it's it's the it's the peddling for product. It's the product peddlers. It's <laughs> oh the oh my god, there's so many of them. The I mean, it's the, the quote unquote influencers out there that have exactly no idea what, no what they're doing. But mm-hmm. you idea. know, they're just gonna go with it. And you know what? Me personally, again, this is my personal opinion i think it's it falls back on the manufacturers for falling into that and and yeah pushing well, their product on these people and then you get a lot of a lot of other folks that are really serious of, of the industry and know what they're talking about and they get you it's it's a little bit of a heartburn you get it you, you get some resentment against those companies and you're like well, you ah, do you know what? yeah well i don't want to support you anymore since you're just going to go out and do this as somebody that's in the industry it sucks to watch it happen yeah. but from like a uh, from a, a side of like making money, man, it's hard to blame them. Cause if I True. can, if I have 10 people, I could, I mean, from a hunt and bow perspective. So for, for elite or Matthews or Hoyt or whatever to build an aluminum riser bow and material, raw materials, 
machine hours and man hours and then shipping it out, what does a, a machine or a machine aluminum riser bow cost? Like yeah. $400? Yeah. Um, For, yeah, even cheaper now, but yeah. But we'll, we'll use that as a number. That's a number. $400. If there's 10 people, that's four grand that they've spent, quote unquote, spent on marketing yeah. that they just sent to these people that have 20,000 followers on Instagram. Right. Can't that is for that. way cheaper than them paying me Fifty or hundred grand a well, year to shoot their bow, or putting or, a five dollar hat in a, well, in a box. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so that's the problem. It's, well, the, it's it's hard to blame them because it's it's free advertising. Damn your free advertising. No, it is. And we as archers, and this is what. Oh, oh man, my it's God, insane. do not start me on this soapbox. We're kind of starting. <laughs> no, we oh, do not want there to was, go there. We're starting him. There was we're full starting intent, him, but because we're on, no. So that. honestly, that's my. Oh, you know, I have a name for it. It's called Patch Pirates. Drive me insane, and and honestly, what you just said is is you hit the nail on the head. You know these manufacturers are not stupid. They give you it. It blows me away, and this is what drives me bananas when I go to these big ASA events and even the USA archery events. You have literally two thirds, probably three quarters of the archers who have zero affiliation with the company, other than the fact that they bought a bow. Well, that's the only affiliation. The only affiliation, the and then they, we are such brand. God, I can't say the dirty word. We're such brand ambassadors, pirates, pirates <laughs> that, and we are so egotistical as an industry that we have to go out there and show our colors. And you get the yellow and black, the red and black, the green and black. I mean, it's just, and it's nauseating to the point that, and people don't realize, they're giving you a shirt that costs them $22. You probably paid 80 for it. Or you're getting a free hat that they paid three, three bucks for, didn't cost them a dime. And then a hundred thousand people will wear it everywhere they go to show their brand loyalty to elite or matthews or pse and it's and they don't realize i I always say this i fished professionally for seven years when you go on a sponsor tour and to and you got people that wanting to be on your shirt because you're going to be on tv or you're going to be in all this brand media you know they pay by real estate correct you get on your top the top left side of my lapel um, on my jersey to wear at a bass tournament costs you five grand. You get in the bottom right, the bottom right back costs you two thousand. Ten grand a year to get a, to wear a hat yep. of your of that manufacturer. We do it for nothing, all the time, and it is killing, in my opinion, the ability for this sport to go mainstream. Mainstream true professional destroys it. I agree, hundred percent. Because there's no the, the the manufacturers have no incentive to do it. None. Why would they? Because it, it, you're doing it for free. It's not even free. They're making Joe, money off of their Joe advertising. Joe Bonehead exactly. is doing it for nothing. <laughs> he's, Every, he's, he's paying, actually, he's to, paying do to do it. Yeah. I mean, we said it today. How can I get people to come in and pay me to work know, here? To work <laughs> here. <laughs> well, it's when you when you look at the golf world. I didn't get a hat with a with a set of no. pink golf clubs. You pay twenty nine dollars for that hat. So I paid to advertise them. It's it's crazy the way things are going. You know, we had say. a guy. We had a guy back in the about I think it was eighty three, and he came on tour. The year this I was in born. bass fishing, yeah, and it was awesome because he was team wife. Guy had a jersey made, had his wife on it. I think she was a doctor or a surgeon, and sponsored his bass fishing career. And he literally had team wife. Oh yeah, I man. loved dude, it, dude. It's awesome. I so last year I didn't have a contract with any any bow manufacturer. And I, I wish I had done it, and I should have done it, and I never did. I wish that I had uh, 
I'd always said I was going to buy a Ricky Bobby, do the Ricky Bobby right, t-shirt. Right, right, I was right. going to put a cougar on my shirt and just oh, put yeah. me yeah, exactly. on there. And I, I wish more archers had that type of mentality. They should. And even for young archers that are aspiring to get into it, I even tell them, and I have a, a really good friend of mine who's a big influence on my archery career back at home, um, Buddy Lynn. He, he's not sponsored by anybody. He likes certain bows. He shoots them. He doesn't like certain bows. He doesn't shoot them. He shoots whatever he wants. Right. And he got hell. He got third place. Lynn Hoke got third place at the Midwest or at uh, the Iowa Pro Am that first week of January. Right. He wears a a, a blue or a purple Under Armour polo. Right. Nothing on it. The only the only thing on that polo besides the tag is the Under Armour logo on right. top of that shirt. Yeah. Is he ain't getting paid by anybody? No. Correct. He's like why. Why, why the hell am I, I advertising well, for somebody and getting paid? Here, here's how pathetic, pathetic it is, is that you can go now go on any manufacturer's website and go fill out a field staff, pro staff form request, and I will guarantee you, and if you all in the audience want to do it, you can do it, and become a pro staff shooter, field staff shooter, get, what, 10 20% off of your product? And they don't realize the company's still making really good money on you. But here's the bad, the, the great thing well, they, for the they company. Make, they make more money off of that off than they that. do selling to a retailer. Exactly. And the reason is because they're going to give you a shirt and a hat and give you 20% off in your product. You're going to put all over your Facebook page, all over your Instagram page, I am now a pro staff shooter for XYZ Stabilizers. And XYZ, every time you post everything that you do with that bow, which is probably going to be a 100 or a 1,000 times a year because you're going to attend this tournament and you're going to post about it and hashtag XYZ Stabilizer, hashtag XYZ Bows, they're getting free advertising. That most other professional sports, you have to, you're as a pro would never even think about doing it unless they're paying you cash yeah i mean i don't i don't hate that archery is the small tight-knit community but at the same time like we're, we keep talking about how we want to grow as a sport how we want to grow as an industry get outside happen. of the industry yeah and that stuff's not going to happen no. by having free stuff because no. why would why would there's anybody no incentive there's exactly. no incentive for a manufacturer to step up to the plate and do a really true hardline professional type salary type branding contract because it happens for free right now what what's wild to me is so okay we mentioned pigman and dudley earlier switching to pse now back oh my god if i see one more feed about that i will literally throw up there was somebody uh scott order me a pse please oh my god i'm a huge fan of i love their bows uh, but lord huge fan of uh archery hooligan on instagram right go follow him great great guy i know him I know who he is. Please tell me as he's well. bashing it. Oh, dude, he because <laughs> it's, it's he had, made a, he had made a post about uh, yeah. If you guys aren't following, go check out his page. He had made a post about how PSE was rebranding everything, and all he did he made a slide slideshow. Well, maybe it wasn't on his page, but uh, basically just PSE changing from red to green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for like, real. Which no, I mean, no offense. I'm not trying to talk trash Nobody. on Dudley because yeah. he has built this huge brand. Absolutely. Same as same as Pigman, same as Chris, all these guys. And he's worked for it. He's worked he's been in the industry a long time. Agreed. I mean Dudley's been involved in archery since before I was even born. I mean, back in the early nineties, man, that's when he I mean, I think that's back when he But got you know, but you here's stuff, a here's but, a but here's a crazy part. And we as consumers, and I think a lot are drinking the Kool-Aid so guzzling 
Oh man, that's I crazy. mean, and and so I read. I don't know how many posts yesterday. Biggest news to hit ATA twenty twenty. Dudley to PSC. You know, Brian Pigman Quaka to PSC. I mean, and I I sit back as a retailer slash consumer slash professional in the industry and think. If that's the biggest freaking news at the ATA, we got a long way to go. That, well, I mean, just, it, it's three years ago. It was or three or four years ago. It was uh, Levi going to Elite. That, that's a big and deal. Years, how is it any different than Dudley going to PSE or Pigman going to PSE? I'll tell you why. Because I think Levi Morgan is probably arguably the most successful archer slash hunter on both sides of the bow. I'm, oh, talking, I'm talking on the target side and the hunting side. I agree, but he has what, more why does that give him more? That? Well, it's more influence to you, but I no to everyone. Think about it, dude. He's a senior. Not everyone. He's won dude. how many? Okay, wait, hold up. Let's just measure it. Okay, let's put the measuring stick out for that. He's won how many Shooter of the Year awards in both ASA and IBO? Fourteen. Okay, how many's Dudley won? Zero. I'm not, not. I'm not bashing Dudley here, but I'm just giving you the the true measurement measuring stick between it. You, you know, know how many? How many? What? How many big? How many big game animals? You know, if you want to look at the honey side slash TV show, does Levi have compared to Dudley? And we're talking apples and oranges here. I mean, and that's why, it, for, my, for me, as an opinionated person, and I'm, everyone knows me, I'm extremely opinionated, I think that he has more clout. I mean, I think his change can change an industry. I so, sometimes struggle with how a Dudley can change the industry, and if it's the biggest news out, man, come on. Okay, but okay, from my side of it, Dudley, just from numbers alone, Dudley has 219,000... Instagram followers, Levi has 105,000. Yeah. Now I get that your social media presence isn't everything, but the way that Dudley has built his brand, it's exclusively. Do you want to hear something crazy? So, about that? but also, hold on. Also, you have to look at what Dudley's done that is non-endemic, because that's kind of where I was heading with the whole Pigman deal with Monster. But if we're talking Dudley and Levi, not that Levi has no outside sponsors, which he might. There's none that I know of personally. But Dudley has done a lot of stuff with Black Rifle Coffee. You look at Black Rifle Coffee, their social media, their uh, YouTube Huge. influence, it is insane. That's how that social media and stuff is the whole reason that Black Rifle exists. Yeah. Because of the videos that they do for their advertising. That is correct. Okay, and it is he, giant. So here's They're a the multi-million dollar right. industry or multi-million dollar company but in just, less than five years because of that. So you just said something, though, I think that is huge in a sense that, and I'll tell you, I don't want, so I'm going to give you the other side of the fence from what I know personally. I'm going to use Levi as an example. So Levi, as much as he is probably getting monetary paid, let's say, by certain manufacturers out there, he does that his primary focus is not peddling the product for profit. That is not Levi at No, all. and I agree. And I agree. He, That's awesome. He, and if you and think about that. it, he picks products from what I know about Levi based off relationships. It is all a relationship for the guy. Think about what it. Is, he is, he is, think of who is one of his primary sponsors is on the, on the camo side is Browning. Mm-hmm. Do you know how big a footprint Browning has in the camouflage outerwear industry? It is minuscule. And I know for a fact that he's been approached by Sitka, Under Armour, probably everyone in the industry. They all oh, want to yeah. be a part of him. But you know what? He chooses to stay with these other companies based off relationships. I give that guy a crap well, who's respect to say, for that. I know the guys at PSE well. Who's to say that that's why John didn't want to go with them? I will digress. <laughs> well, I, I mean, 
We can all let read. Me, let me tell you we something. Can all, about we can all read I'll, between. I'll, I'll, I will tell you, I will tell no, you this. I'm I just have playing a saying. I have, but I have a saying. I have a saying. And I, <clears throat> so I'm going to take a step back. When people tell you it's not about the money, oh, that's about the money. It's always everybody, about the money. Everybody likes to be able to afford lunch, man. Exactly. I, I get a kick out of these guys who, when they change products and. Dude, I'm not going to call out one of them that I read recently, but no, it has nothing, I know to, do exactly with, has nothing to do with the money. It's all exactly about the bow and the relationships and the people. And it's no, it's about. I know money. exactly who you're talking about, but it, dude, everybody likes to be able to afford lunch. Everybody likes to be able to be comfortable. That's well, that's so, all anybody. So wants, for that man. reason, I would respect the next, the first guy that comes out and says, "Did it for the money." Well, I'm, I mean, I did I'm that. all about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've dude, done that. Mad props, <laughs> mad respect, love you. I mean, because good man, live. I get no money. <laughs> hey, man, pay good, live good, live good, die good. That's all you want, yeah, man. That's all anybody good. wants. Exactly. No, but you know, going back to I guess to some of the subject matter is I I I worry about where the industry is going to how it's going to be affected and how we're going to handle it because you know I've said it for years. I came out of the bass fishing industry. I watched our industry go through this maturation process, and until the powers to be quit taking the small market money, we're you know, people, on, I, I mean, I want I, I to tread lightly, but I will say in the bass fishing world, you know, when we went to Eufaula, Alabama for a big major tournament, mm-hmm. the city of Eufaula paid BASS to be there. They paid us probably, I want to say, somewhere between one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand $200,000 just for us to host our event within their city. Eufaula, Alabama. Yeah. Tiny little place. You've been there. I've flown into that airport multiple times. Yeah. So it's probably, a, what, eight to 10000 If that. If that. Huge lake, though. Beautiful right. fishing lake. Incredible lake. One of the best fisheries in the country. But yet, here's the deal. When you bring 200 of the top professional bass fishermen to Eufaula for a week, we regenerate over a million dollars in tax revenue. Oh, yeah. The economy just it booms. Yeah. There is not a hotel within a 70 to 100-mile radius that has an opening. You eat seven days a week. Um, you're buying tons of gas, tons of bait, product, and everything else. And I'm not, it's not It's not a secret. That's how the archery industry works with the ASA and well, right. some of the you tournaments. Got, well, okay, Paris is an awesome example for that. Exactly. Paris would not be on the map no. were it not, as far as from a, a tourism side goes. Correct. If without want, that tournament. Without that tournament. Right. There's... So there's what twenty or that one's the lowest attended and it's ASA 18 shooting, to 200, so. 1,800 to two thousand shooters still right yeah and then okay you got that many people then think about how many of them are families families that are going there so it's a husband shooting or a wife is shooting and the spouse you know your spouse is shooting and you're not you're right. still buying you're still buying dinner at Texas Roadhouse yep. you're, you're still shopping. staying in the hotel you're still you husband's out there shoot husband's out there shooting a uh, Keith. Schnell and his wife Grace are going to Vegas. Grace doesn't want to shoot. Keith wants to be there to shoot. Keith's going to shoot. Grace is going downtown to, to gamble. <laughs> she's going downtown to yeah. to gamble, shop, whatever down on the strip in right. Vegas. Grace put twenty that, on black for me. Yeah, but I mean that's that same thing's happening at that tournament. It is. There's there's parents that are going with their kid. Right. They're buying stuff for their kid while they're there. In, so, but here, but, the so, but here's the issue. With economy. So, so, so now I want to put my marketing hat on from a business standpoint. And this is what happened in fishing. So we go to Eufaula, Alabama. Well, you know, we are then, as an organization, desperately trying to find non-endemic sponsors for to host, to help cover costs to make, to give the actual fisherman an opportunity to become a professional. Right. Until the organizations got smart and said, okay, we got to quit going to Eufaula. Yes, we love the fact they're paying us to be there. 
But now, guess what? We're going to go to Birmingham, Alabama and fish Lake Martin. Uh, Birmingham, which has a, what, probably two and a half to four million people that live there. Now, you get Johnson & Johnson products, let's say, and they're one of the first ones that signed up you know, through Walmart to help fund and, and promote the FLW tour events. And now, it gives the products that they represent, which was, this is crazy, but like Prilosec and Tide, Castrol Oil. I'm thinking all the products that we that we used, and then all of a sudden, guess what? Prilosec or Tide detergent paid Andy Morgan $70,000 a year to wrap his boat and his truck and mm-hmm. to wear their shirts to fish for a full calendar year. Now, Andy can make a living fishing. But guess what? Uh, the organization, FLW, didn't get a check for Birmingham to be there. Right. They got it from all those major manufacturers because guess what? Those manufacturers are paying to sponsor their event. And the reason because they're doing the it because is the, so much and larger. The re- boom, that's it. You got two million people, let's say, in Birmingham that have now the ability to drive through the city of Birmingham to see a hundred boats that are fully wrapped with the fishermen there in the media, in the print. That's all brand branding, that's imaging. They don't care about you follow Alabama with how many people was it? 7,000? Yeah. <laughs> 5,000? Yeah. There's not enough there. And that is a problem with our industry right now in archery. I mean, I hate to say it, and I've jumped on this. I mean, I have made a lot of enemies with some very key people within the industry because I speak about this, and they they get ticked off at me because um, I'm, I don't believe in the old guard running our organizations anymore. I mean, NFAA run by one guy who's been in this industry too long. Uh, USA USAT Archery, run by a combination of people that have been in, the, in their seat of power too long. ASA, arguably, I, I've heard they've turned down thousands of dollars from outside well, non academics. I mean, you and, hate and the to reason, trash talk anybody, but and I'm look not trash talking. Look it's, at it's what economics. Look at what ASA was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I mean, a dollar now goes a lot less than it did back then. So agreed, inflation. But back then, being sponsored by Anheuser Busch and all this stuff, twenty years ago they were shooting for fifty thousand dollars at the ASA Classic. Exactly. That's just tournament pay. Exactly. Man. Now ASA, well, I kind of want to look it up, Jason. If you have it on the computer, you could look it up. But like, they're shooting for like I don't know four or five thousand dollars in right. the Open Pro. Right. Not even. Well, right. Open Pro. That all the ASA payouts are are. Uh, all from entry fees. Right. So it's even less than that because there's only 30 guys shooting in the pro class. Well, and that's the problem. So, you know, I got into a big debate with it with a couple guys on social media, and they're very well known. I'm not going to name the names, but, you know, and where, where, you know, the comment was made, well, you don't know what you're talking about, Scott, because we have 2 million visitors to Yankton, South Dakota a year. Dude, there are 2 million visitors in the city of Dallas by day. Well, dude, there's so two million like from by nine, day from like nine a.m. to yeah, noon. from nine a.m. to noon. <laughs> so, if you're a corporate company that is going to go out there and put your dollars behind a product or behind a a shoot circuit or something, and you're gonna, I mean, honestly, if you're not an archery, you don't know Yankton, South Dakota exists. Exactly. Well, and you I don't. can tell you, I've been there numerous times. The only reason to go to Yankton, South Dakota, is because of archery. That's it. Now, if like I consider, oh, well, so I've had this argument with. Not I don't even consider it an argument. Just like debate. I talked a about debate. it, debate about it. Yeah. Like if you, now, if you were talking about an event like a Reading event, correct, where it's a one of a kind, it's the only place you can do it because of where it's at, because yep. of the club that it's at, all of that. And a Reading's a bigger town, anyways. You can actually fly into Reading, but regardless, as far as like traveling to and everything, most people fly into 
Sacramento or San Francisco and drive two or three hours to get there. But it's a destination-style shoot. Correct. Man, I hate to say it, but nobody drives to Yankton, South Dakota to eat at Pizza Ranch and go watch the dude that was on Instagram right. that was viral on Instagram stomping beer cans next to the river at the bar there. Right. It's just it's not what people are doing. No. Well, it, you know, you you could use Redding as an example. But you, Red, you even see, but take you the, even Redding take Redding. Is an, Redding take, is an outlier in that. It's it a, is. It's a exception to the rule. But on but opinion. on the flip side of it, I mean, let's use Monster. You know, there's a big. <clears throat> there's been a lot. Well, of, that's and that's kind of what so, I wanted to get into. Yeah, the Monster that, thing. That thing blowing up. It blows my mind that there is the negativity around that. There that is. I'm but, you, on but you know what's media. scary about that? And, and I agree with you. I think it's kind of mis misguided for sure. But here's what scares me as a businessman within this industry, and I've got a lot of experience when it comes to the marketing of, you know, of different industries and how they work. You know, I've owned three three different businesses, B two B, retail, you name it. What scares me is that Monster has an interest. They go and see all these people go to the ATA, which is a massive show. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge. But when they get into the weeds of the sport. And let's say they take. Would you consider Reading to be one of the largest events? It is. So, like, I think in order it goes Reading or or goes uh, Vegas, Nimes, uh, Indoor Nationals, and Reading. Okay, so you got well, those for, those sport right there. But so, well, I guess not including ASAs. Right, ASAs not including ASAs. Okay, but still on the on the at the end of the day, I'm going to speak for Monster, and I could be totally off base. Well, twenty three hundred bucks they shot for at last year's Classic. Yep. That was tournament pay, correct. So and then that's the Super Bowl of the sport in three D for three D, yeah. So you, then you add contingency 12, paid twelve hundred bucks. You you add twelve grand for man, for bow manufacturer contingency, yeah, correct. So twenty five thousand dollars total, maybe, and if that, probably twenty. And you're not living on that in a year. No, it's not happening. So I go back to this monster thing. So what scares me is that you take those four tournaments you just named, um, and honestly, monster as a brand. The only tournament, if I'm a monster executive, that I'm getting behind because it's worth my my bang for my buck is Vegas. Right. That's it. Because well, yeah, you know you why? 20, because I'm in, cause I'm in got, Las Vegas. You got 3,500 people to sell your crap to. Oh, yeah. Not just that. You're in Vegas, which has how probably 3,500 people every second coming into it. Oh, pfft. <laughs> you know? There's like ten planes that land right. at McLaren Airport every like right. every minute. Like so the 10 second landed at a time, and it's, so the second largest it's at a shoot, perfect time. Well, it is because now Shot Show is just finishing. All the other stuff is just finishing. Right now, let's take a step back. The second largest event we just named there is a say is Reading, okay, and it is arguably the second largest event in our industry. But let's be honest: if I'm Monster, I'm only affecting the three to four thousand shooters that are there. From a local city standpoint, well, right. in the market, it's worthless to me. Well, no, I agree. It is, but if well, now if you're able to and Reading, I know Greg has always had issues with it because of cell phone service and stuff. If you're able to sell a like a like a, if you're able to sell a broadcast or yeah, so, broadcast like a social platform. media broadcast, that right. kind of thing, that's what makes Reading interesting right. to me. And like I say, that's why I think Reading is a outlier in that group it's right. an exception to it the is rule. definitely an exception because people enjoy it's not something you can do every time that's why i for years i always struggled at reading because i could shoot they gave the like the distances and the dot size for every single target every single year it's out for the last thousand years they've had it right and i've gone through i last year i shot 
quote unquote, shot the course in my backyard. I had the individual dots. I went to each yardage and I shot each and every dot at each yardage. And I think the worst score I shot was like four down when I'm shooting on flat ground. Right. Like, like I can't practice it. You can't practice it. But because there's nothing, Redding is the only thing like Redding. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It, it's that one is a exception to the rule because of where it is. Yeah. Now, in the grand scheme, like there's only one Redding. Right. There's a, but at the same time, there's only one Vegas. But if you're using big market cities like Vegas, like Louisville, like Cincinnati, well, like a, in bass fishing, like Birmingham. Yeah, I just I just think that until we as an org as we you know, and it's kind of, this is the other part of this. Is I think the dynamic that is that is hurting our sport more than helping. And we had the same thing in fishing. We had FLW and BASS, mm-hmm. two competing organizations. And now you've got MLF to throw into that, which is Major League Fishing. Um, you. We've got to find a way to get these three organizations that are primarily running everything right now, if you want to call it, count the IBO four, um, to play better in the sandbox. And there's got to be a governing body, in my opinion, that runs all four. And or, I've said it for years, you got to have new blood in existing organizations or you got to have new blood in new organizations. Meaning that if someone had... The money, the time, the effort to go build it. This sport could get mainstream really quick, right? I, I, because I, you know, I get these texts well, from I mean, our listeners and from constituents all the time. I'm sitting at home. It's ten thirty at night, and I turned on ESPN. I cannot believe I'm watching a cornhole tournament. There's a cornhole tournament. There's and darts, the, and the guys are bowling. the guys are wearing jerseys with Weber Grill and and Kingsford charcoal and well but, and it's true but you know right. what here's the difference you know where that tournament is it's dallas yeah well but memphis tech but, tennessee but going back to to the sponsor side of it like everybody on social media there i've seen more oops, sorry moving the chair around i've seen more negative uh comments than i have positive about monster energy one i don't get that why i don't either and it's it's all people like well i'd never i would never drink monster while i'm shooting because it makes me feel like this or oh my gosh the energy drinks are so horrible drink beer while we shoot but we all drink beer after we shoot yeah it's all horrible well exactly kyle bush isn't driving he ain't drinking he's not drinking a bush light going 230 (laughs) miles an hour around daytona right i mean what i get but that's the problem i get it that you're not doing that but like man why that that ten if I got ten thousand dollars for Monster, that ten thousand dollars spends exactly the same as if I got ten thousand dollars from Matthews, Easton or, or Matthews Easton. or yeah. any or exactly. X archery company. Exactly. Well, and I've said this before: the the sport's not growing off the backs of the of the in house manufacturing industry. It's not going to happen. No, it's um, like we are. And, and we've talked. We've touched on it a little bit because. We already do too much for free as an industry, as as end users within the industry. We do too much for free. Until that dynamic changes, could you imagine tomorrow, let's say hypothetically, that everyone that shoots a bow took the free hat that they get and burned it, didn't wear it, or and did not buy a jersey to show that I'm brand loyal to this company. If they all quit tomorrow, it would change that dynamic overnight. We do it for free. I mean, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think because we do that, you know, like Jason said, if he goes out and buys a set of pink clubs, he's going to pay $34 for his new hat. Right, Jace? 
Absolutely, which I haven't bought yet, by the way. Right. But but that's the way it works. You don't get a free hat with your set of pink clubs. You know, and, and and I'll be honest with you, a lot of people, and I know some guys in other professional sports industries, if they're not getting paid but they happen to like that product, dude, they'll sand it off the ding. They won't even show it, but they'll use it. They'll use it to be oh, successful. Yeah. Because to your point, you said it earlier, they'll find you. If well, you exactly. use it and you win it from a it, manufacturer's standpoint, you're, if you're, you're going to get winning found. with your stuff, like, <laughs> like an, it, either you're going to be winning with the stuff that you like, and a manufacturer is going to come up to you, and because they want to build a relationship, because a you're winning, and b they want to keep you so right. that they you keep selling their stuff. Well, they want to get to you before another company comes up and says, "Well, hey, you're winning with their stuff. You should go win with our stuff. You'll win more money with our stuff." What Linda say the other night? You know, we we had a you know that that our last episode with Linda Choa Anderson, and you know the advice she gave, and I love this. And I actually let one of the girls here listen to it pre uh, release. You know, go concentrate on winning. Set some world records. Set some national records. You do that, you'll be a pro. Well, exactly. All that They'll stuff find comes. You. All that. Being a pro is a result of that. Of all that. The problem with this industry is, is that we go in and do everything we can to get the free that, stuff first. Exactly. That thinking goes back that, to thinking those, that we are going to set the records and win the tournaments, and that's and dude, that goes back to keeps the, me in business. That goes well, keeps us in business. Yeah, yeah, as a shop, but that goes back to the 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 social media influence, quote unquote influencers. Oh, it's crazy. The people with fifteen hundred followers. People with fifteen hundred followers that are, you know, getting free product or yeah, doing whatever. Exactly. So, no, and I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I respect the grind. Do what you can to try and make money. Do, I mean, like I said, everybody likes to eat. But, but you know, here's man, the you sad don't part. A, but, but, you don't want to be an a hole, or you don't. No, be, but, and this is a problem with it from an industry perspective too. I mean, the manufacturers are always complaining. I hear it all the time on social media. You know, from certain people. You know, we don't make enough money. We got too much money in this and too much in that. The manufacturers are all going broke. If I hear that again, I want to throw up how broke the manufacturers are going because they're spending too much money in this, too much money in that. If they just eliminated, and I think you said Steve Anderson kind of did this with Easton. Mm -hmm. If they just got rid of the non-value-added field staff contracts that are crap out there and made those guys pay full price for their product, you're increasing profitability to the manufacturers, you're not losing a damn thing on product promotion, in my opinion. Use your your shops. If they want to go give that product for free, well, exactly. kind of like, like how we do here, I'll use my discretionary income dollars to go give my shop shooters that are definitely influencing the sales within our shop. Well, exactly. I'll why not, manage that here. I don't need Easton to do that on that side. Why wouldn't or, a company want to do that? Because, A, it's going to make them more money. Because as a shop owner, like we're still buying the product that we're giving away. Exactly. Like we're still spending like we're spending the same amount of money on that product. Easton or Carving Express or Hoyt or X archery company that you sell in your shop. Right. That company's still getting the exact same amount of dollars. Exactly. And that guy's still getting it for free. Bingo. And now the manufacturers can that can they can, they can wipe that slate clean because at the end of the day I don't think they have any control over that. It's just a guy going on the internet putting in a pro staff application and you know let's be honest as a as a manufacturer as a company are you going to tell the guy no and alienate that guy he may never want to shoot your product again so you you created what's called a lose-lose yeah you really have i mean you're going to give I it mean, to him i would hope eventually we can get out of that that but circle of death that we're kind of in but now it's with not, that yeah it's, it's getting not worse. easy to get out of it no it's impossible but everybody's I mean, trying to play nice 
Well, exactly. But yeah, everybody's trying to play nice. But well, going back to your bass fishing deal, like how many people are getting? How many people email G Loomis and are getting free G Loomis rods? Well, I can tell you right now, it's less than ten percent. Exactly. Nobody's getting free G Loomis. Nobody's getting free G Loomis rods. Heck no. Direct from them. The only people that are getting them are the people that are getting paid so to use. Their I can rods. tell you how that works. Is that most of them are so they have what they call regional staff, mm-hmm. where they'll they'll pick a handful of fishermen within a southeast region, let's say. But those guys are are working basically Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee. But Kentucky. I would imagine they're all being it's like four four guys. Right. Do you but know how like, many guys in archery are being sponsored in those five states? I just named. Oh God. Like hundreds. Well, hundreds. If there's even more guys getting those, I would imagine they're being supplemented through a regional rep or absolutely 100%. a regional retailer. No, most of them are being yes by a retailer and or a marina. That yep. is getting sponsored. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. So, a good example. I used to work at the Shields in Des Moines. Shields is a corporate. They sponsor a couple guys from on the fishing side, Absolutely. a couple guys on some other stuff. And I was, before I had come down to work for you, I was toying around with working, working with them and their new stores and from the archery side of it, too. Like, the guys that are sponsored by Shields aren't sponsored by manufacturer to get their free stuff. They're, it's right. Shields giving them product for that. And from a, the manufacturer side, dude, that, that manufacturer's, like I said, they're making the same amount of money yep. on the product that that guy's getting for free yep. as Shields, or as they are when Shields buys that product because Shields is buying that product. Right. And they're losing less money because they're not having to give away a $400 fishing rod. Right. They're not having to give away $500 in plastic baits or whatever. Right. They're making money on the stuff that's being given away anyways. Right. Yeah, and let no your uh, going back to the archery side of it. Let your shops depict and decide who is and isn't going to get that stuff. Right. I feel like I mean the way we set ours up, we do a fairly decent job. I think at choosing who does and who doesn't, and how much of a discount somebody gets or doesn't get. Right. But what's nice is that's up to us. Exactly. Yeah. We should. We we run that. We manage it. On behalf of the manufacturers. It's the way it should be done, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, you know, the shooter has to understand that the shop is probably going to give you just as good of a discount as the manufacturer is, if not better. Probably better. Yeah. And and the support of your local shop and going and advertising them is just going to make them grow. They're going to make more money. They're going to be able to support you even more. So, Jason, I want to bring up your exact situation, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I mean, we're going to talk about Jason Tabansky. So, and I'm going to tell you, um, I was taken aback this entire off season with Jason's situation and his, you know, from a contract standpoint with mm-hmm. manufacturers. So Jason, to let you know, has been, you know, working with us in the shop now for a couple of years. And I can tell you, Jason sold more elite bows for the co- the company of TOG last year than I will 100% guarantee Nathan, Jacob, Tyler, Garrett, I'm going to name the names, Sold combined, I I will promise you. I mean, this man sold a ton of elite bows, even internationally. Um, was solely responsible for that, and um, you know, Jason took a pretty big leap of faith this this year. And I told him, I'm like, you know, if Elite's not going to offer him a paid contract, which they didn't do, and I'm not bashing Elite for this. This is their prerogative. 
No, they've got a they've got a, um, they've got a budget on their own. Yeah, yeah, they've got a budget to work with, you know, and maybe the Paralympic archery isn't part of what they do now. Correct. But at the end of the day, he turned down a deal to get product sponsorship from Elite to represent leading edge archery because I ended up giving him a better deal than they get. Um, we are going to sponsor Jason 100% on all his archery endeavors this year. And this guy set two world records last year. One world record? One. And yeah. one national record? And four. And four national records. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Well, going back to what we were talking about before, what's funny is that, man, that helps out elite more than it helps out us. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he wore, how many t- tournaments did you wear your elite shirt last year? I wore their hat. Just about and every single jerseys. tournament, and I and wore their, their jersey jerseys. the second yeah. half of the the season. Did, did you get but paid? A, did you get paid a dime for that? No, no. So part of the reason was is that you thought, okay, I go out and do all this stuff for them. I I set a couple records. The expectation is, hey, in kind, I might get some monetary value bestowed upon him. It didn't happen, so well, we decided not to go that route. But I mean, exactly what I was talking about before. You when you when you cut. So, like here in the store, if we if we cut the amount of product that we order and increase sales, you make twice as much money. Exactly, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing for Elite or for Hoyt or for whatever bow right. Jason decides to shoot exactly. of the four brands that we carry. Same with the sites. Same with the releases. Same with anything else. I mean, if you Elite or X company is making money because we order product, right? So they make that money they're not having to give that money away or give away that product we are giving that product away but for us it's worth it because again you go back jason sells more bows because he's shooting that certain bow and he does a good job and he makes us money for selling bows regardless of what bow it is correct yeah so at the end of the day it's it's a win-win for the company and for the for the local pro shop And, and the beautiful part of it is is that we've taken away now jason is i think the only negative for the manufacturer Jason's not going to wear an elite hat this year. He might end up shooting their bow. Not going to wear their hat. He ain't going to wear their shirt. So he's not going to be giving them brand impressions, but he's going to be wearing leading edge archery gear. Which helps us. Which but is helping the shop and indirectly any, helping every manufacturer. If there's anybody watching a tournament, tournament archery on Instagram, Facebook, social media of some sort, whatever, following results, see yeah, they're, they're going to see the bow. They're first. going to see the bow that he's shooting. They're Absolutely. going to know what bow it is. Absolutely. Correct. But I think that's the dynamic. We have we have decided as a business to change that. Jason is on board with it. And I think that's the way that the industry needs to move. So maybe we're going to maybe set some groundbreaking. <laughs> I hope it does, man. I hope. man, yeah. uh, Because at the end, cause here's the deal. Then for Bridger, you know, a, a true touring professional, you will end up reaping the benefit of that. Because now we put exactly. more dollars for a guy who's actually shooting a bow to make a living. Now you don't have to worry about because how many field staff dollars are being spent oh, by man, every it's manufacturer? Insane. It's insane. Dude, when when Levi signed his big elite contract, when Jesse signed his big Matthews one, when Perkins signed his big Matthews one, these guys getting all this money, pulling money from you know that companies worked on a fixed amount of dollars every year. They're pulling money from somewhere else to pay these guys. That only helps other shooters. Correct. Other, it only helps other top end shooters. Correct. Sure, it doesn't help the little, you know, somebody on a lower end regional guys. No, but it's going to help the factory staff. Exactly. It helps. It only helps everybody. Yeah. It only helps people that are actually making money doing it. Absolutely. You know, my my personal advice and my personal opinion, 
just going back to what Linda said, you know, you got to focus on winning and you got to focus on all that stuff if you want to become a pro. And the pro is just a, a result of the process. Man, doing this and not having to worry about I got to shoot just this one specific item has taken the stress completely away from my life. And now I can focus on hitting target, which is going <laughs> to... You can dig around, find whatever works best for you. Exactly. So you hit the that's going to take me to... Usually. That's going to take me to being on a podium, which is going to take me to getting sponsored by someone. But, but let's be honest. Let's look at the last... Look. At, let's take um, last year or the year before. There's I, a, there, but hold on. There's a certain amount of ego driven yeah. around your true ball contract. Correct. Or your elite contract. Yeah. Your 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 ramrods contract you have. Yeah. I mean, there you got a little bit of a attaboy. That's that's an ego thing, correct? Yeah. So it's for you to come full circle within a twelve month calendar year period to look at how the industry works from behind the scenes to go, whoa, time out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well no, it's, it's been it's been eye opening, you know, getting to spend more time with you and Bridger on a on a more personal, more industry related uh, spectrum. Well, and especially for you, because I mean, you are, I mean, you're new blood in this. I mean, I've been, yeah, yeah, been I mean, I'm 20, your old hat. I'm 25 and <laughs> I'm I've been newborn. doing this for 15 years, man. You're and Scott, you've been doing it for a long guy. time. You, I mean, you talked about being Dane's age, which Dane's a young kid in our yeah. shop. He's 12, 13 years old. Right. You talked about that being in the shop with your old man. Yep. I mean, we've been in this a long time. In comparison, especially compared to you, Jason, oh, yeah. and for you to for have that years. learning curve is insane. In, in three years, and for you to be able to understand that, like, man, it, well, this kind of, this is crazy, kind of <laughs> effed up, bro. Yeah. But on on the other side, you know, like you were talking about Levi and building uh, bonds and contracts based on relationships. A lot of the stuff that I do, like for example, my stabilizers, I shoot them based on a relationship that I have with the owners of that company. Right. Because I had an issue two years ago in Salt Lake City where I was struggling with bars and I got a hold of the company and the owner just no questions asked said, Hey, we want to help you. We're just gonna send you some stuff. Didn't ask for anything, just sent me the stuff, got me through the shoot and I was like, you know what? These guys are top notch. Right. And in my personal opinion, they make some of the best bars in the world. So now it, it that that relationship has flourished. And I think a lot of the people, and I was I was guilty of being a, a patch pirate when I first started because yeah. all I wanted well, to yeah, do I'll was go through it. Everybody oh, is. Was, yeah, I wanted to be one of those guys on on Instagram or Facebook that's shooting a bow and and has all these sponsors. And I, I had to take a step back and and think, what the hell have you done in the archery world to merit all this? And I think that's if, if people actually take a step and and focus on what their merit for sponsorship is yeah the companies are well, gonna are gonna benefit because they're gonna have a lot better quality shooters on their staff yeah exactly as i mean that's my soapbox i mean i'm not a <laughs> i mean i obviously don't own the store but i feel like i'm an integral part in Absolutely. what we're doing here like i want to see us succeed like as a store if we just gave away a bunch of product all willy-nilly thinking that we're going to sell product because of it we'd Dude, we'd be bankrupt by the end of this month. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like we're, I feel like we, I mean, we like to help shooters out. We like to help customers out, but we're, I feel like we're still fairly picky on who it's, and what we give away. It's and strategic. What we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we really are strategic and I, I'm a firm believer in this, you know, I, I'll bring it up and talk about, you know, with uh, Rod, you mm -hmm. know, Rod, one of your great friends, Rod White, um, we just helped him out with a with a TRX40. You know, it's it's a we bow said, that's not going to do well for us here locally. 
we get one within our preview pack, you know, and, and, and Bridger comes up and him and I talk about it. And it's a perfect fit for us, you know, because Rod is in Iowa. He's an ex-Olympian. He shoots professionally. He's got a massive uh, social media following. And what, he got the bow two days ago, three days ago? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, and, he shot and five 30X you, games in a 24-hour right. period with that bow. And Bridger has That's been insane. showing me all of, No, dude, he has been showing me all his posts or all his, his texts. And, and Rod's killing it. So now, so that's a, tr- a strategic decision that we made that I let Bridger, you know, f- from an ownership standpoint to him being a shop manager, let him make that call. We are going to pay dividends times a thousand with that because Rod is in love with this bow. I mean, literally, I think he wants to get married. <laughs> and, uh, and he's how many, literally, how many has he missed an X yet? I posted a. What do you say? Actually, I'm just reading one of his Instagram posts. Shot 530X rounds so far with this machine, 29, 26, and a 27. Yeah. There you go. That's insane. But That's anyways, insane. going back, him shooting well with it, but like us, I mean, we didn't give him the bow. No. We're letting him use the bow. Use the bow. Use the bow, and then it's coming back to us. But uh, it's us not being able to sell that bow on our showroom floor. Us losing that money, Matthew's still got their dollars out of it. Yes. Us not being able to get our dollars out of it here as a product to sell, we're making more money off of us giving that product away, not giving it away, but us not being able to sell it than we are having it sit on the floor. The the amount of... and it, of I mean, expo- not even no, just... Here's the deal. The amount of exposure we'll get from Rod using that bow this calendar year... Right will be far supersede. And, and, you know, so this is part of that whole soft cost versus hard cost, you know, or how do you track it? You know, we just talked about Chris B, for example. He gets how many hundreds of thousands of followers, you know. Well, Rod's got as many. He's on tour. He's very well liked. Everyone knows him. How many followers do they have? It's it's a ton. I mean, he may argue about the well-liked part. (laughs) (laughs) If we're just talking brand impressions, it's great. (laughs) But it's it's a big deal. I mean, so it's going to help us. And indirectly, who's it really helping? Matthews. Am I right? Matthews. Well, it... They're going to... Everybody kicks a goal in this situation. Bingo. But guess what? And guess what Matthews doesn't have out with this right now? They don't have any field staff contract. They have no... Free product running out the door. They got paid for it, like you said, dude. It the great example of what we we think the manufacturer in this situation is. They are, I don't want to say the only, but they are. They have the greatest margin of victory in this compared to everybody else. A thousand percent. A thousand. Which is what I mean. Obviously, as a, I mean, I'm not the owner, but as a small business owner person that's involved, absolutely. Like that's what you want because when a manufacturer starts making more money, that means they can spend more money on R and D. They can spend more money on building better products. Which whenever they build a better product, it's easier for us to sell it. And when something's easier for us to sell, we sell more of it. We make more, we money, make more money. Everybody wins. Right. Everybody wins. And even indirectly, I'll go a step further and say that then the manufacturer now because they made a hundred percent whole money on that bow instead of giving it to some to John Smith from Eufaula, Alabama. Who shoots five tournaments a year, but has knows knows someone that knows someone and got a free bow. That's a hundred percent that we will get back that we'll give giving back to Matthews. And now I may be able to take that money. Matthews can take that money and maybe put it to one of our shop shooters who wants to shoot a Matthews. 
Yeah. And go and shoot national level tournaments with it. I mean, the whole thing is, is goes full circle. Well, it's a pyramid effect that's working or a, a domino effect that's working in the right direction. Exactly. As opposed to now the system oh, that the so manufacturers hard. and the the trade show organizations and the or, the tournament organizations have built is working in the wrong direction. It's really going in the wrong way. It can't sustain itself the way it is today. No, but I I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to turn out from just us doing no, it. No, absolutely We're not, not. going to turn everybody around, but, but it know, takes somebody to start doing that stuff and correct. then, you know, bringing in companies like, you know, like Coca-Cola with Monster because, I mean, they are Coca-Cola, which is a multi-billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company. Absolutely. But it takes that turning to kind of right the ship well, into the, the direction it needs to be going. Let's use Rod as an example. I mean, honestly, if I'm Rod, and let's say this whole venture with Rod works out this year, which I'm assuming it's going to, um, why would Rod ever sign another deal with a manufacturer? Because no. next, guess, why guess, would guess, Jason guess, sign a deal with another? Guess, guess, guess what Jason? happens? I let's, really don't think I will. Let's say next year that uh, Hoyt makes the baddest target bow on the planet that everybody wants, and Rod can make a phone call and say, "Hey, I want to try the new Hoyt," and he has no obligation contractually. He can shoot whatever and he wants as long as we sell it, per se. Exactly. It gives him an, a four options to look at. If I'm Rod, screw signing a deal with a, manu- with a well, direct manufacturer. I mean, up to a certain point. Now, you get to a point where you're a, you're a Lee Lakoski, you're a Levi yeah, Morgan, you're, right. a, you're a, 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 where you're get paid. a John Dudley. You're, right. these, you're, at the up, you're at the very top end to where you're getting paid tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars right. to use a product. Yeah. We can't that's, do that. That's no, no. And, but, <laughs> and, and, that's, and I agree. But that's going to that be allows, based on the individual, though. Right. But, but, that allow, but us doing this and, like, that type of pattern as far as, like, shops, that allows that relationship to get built faster and at a more efficient and in a more efficient way dollars-wise than Matthew sending Joe Blow a bow or but here's the difference. sending Joe Blow a bunch of arrows. Agreed. Here's the difference, though. How many of those Lee Lakoskis, Jesse? Well, there's very little. There's it's less than five percent. Exactly, but that's it's what I'm saying. Of, is so, so the it allows us to find that five percent of people that is a lot more efficiently from a manufacturer standpoint, from a distributor standpoint, from a shop standpoint, from a customer. Because you know, there's a big argument out there, and we read it on, uh, you know, and we're kind of digging into the whole Target Archery Unlimited you know, uh, website and there's a lot of people that talk about it and who's really moving the needle in the industry. There's a lot of people that talk about are the Dudleys, the, the Jesse's, the Levi's of the world really moving the needle more than the field staff guy, the hundred thousand field staff guys that are running around from all over the United States. That is a really good topic of discussion. I, well, I don't know. Okay. Well, let's go back to bass fishing. (laughs) Why, why am I buying? Am I buying Guggen baits because uh, the guy at the local local bait shop says they're really good, or am I buying Guggen baits because I saw that I saw a video? I don't follow them on Instagram right, or Facebook right. or anything, but I know exactly what they are because I'm involved in the outdoor industry and it pops up on my YouTube suggested stuff, and I watch their videos, and they have a hundred million people following their crap, right. like. Good point. They sell a hell of a lot more stuff than 
Joe Bag of Donuts down at the local bait shop saying how good their stuff is so he can get free stuff at the bait shop. Exactly. I I agree. So who's moving the needle, man? I think that's what the industry needs to figure out because I don't know. Well, no. That, anybody, I mean, I, what's, I there to, you, what's there to figure out? Well, there's obviously somebody out there pushing it the other way because they Levi have, sells they have a hell of a lot more. Levi sells a hell of a lot more bows than. I mean, Levi sells more bows than Rod ever will from Matthews. Agreed. Now, Rod is going to sell more bows for us as a as a tiny pocket in the industry. Correct. I mean, Cody, our one of our staff shooters, he's going to sell more Matthews bows in our tiny pocket. Correct. But he's not. He's not why Matthews is succeeding. No. Jason's exactly. not why Elite's succeeding. But yet the problem being, and that's where I think you're where you're heading with this, is that the manufacturers are supporting those Cody's, those Joes, those Freds. And that I think is where the whole the miss is. Yeah. It is. It's 100%. too it's too now, many dollars being spread across way too big of a product bre- too, of of a breadth of people. Not enough butter, way too much bread. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, okay, let's I'm gonna use ASA as an example, and you want to talk about some numbers. Um, and this is all going to be speculation because I don't know what they're true. So I don't want to say that this is factual. Let's say well, let, I, me pull, let me pull up. You won't, Google. Find, you, you won't find this. So I, let's say there's 2,000 archers in Paris, Texas, shooting the ASA program. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think the the number is percentage wise of people that are field staff sponsored quote unquote? shooters over 50 percent i agree a thousand percent yeah over 50 of somebody okay so you're saying the the percentage or the number of in a pool of a thousand pool pool of a thousand two thousand people pool two thousand people that get a direct a discount directly from a manufacturer manufacturer. so they are not spending money at their local pro shop that is correct so all the stuff that we're trying to avoid here right Whenever a company says, or whenever we're on Facebook, support your local shops, support right. your local businesses. Right. Don't buy from big box stores. Right. Don't buy from consumer direct companies. Fifty percent, over fifty percent of those people yeah, that say like all that crap, yeah. all oh. the people that say that garbage, support your local shops. Don't buy from big box stores. Don't do consumer direct stuff. They're getting they're. They're buying consumer direct. Absolutely, they're getting a discount from absolutely from Trueball. They're getting a discount from Gold Tip. They're getting a discount from from uh, 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 Shrewd, or not Shrewd, I guess, but like yeah, well, Shrewd, Shrewd one too. Of them. Absolutely, but like they're getting a discount from all these companies. Absolutely, buying direct from them, and then turning around and saying, "Yeah, go buy all your stuff at a local shop." Right. Well, why would I do it if you don't? Exactly, it's an oxymoron. It's stupid. It is stupid, and it, but it happens. I think more often than it should within this industry and is why we are going to we are going to well we cannot sustain that as an industry no to get where we want to go here's the thing is it like it could be a industry driven sport if it wasn't run that way agreed agreed a thousand percent because right now every dollar that is being spent in the is being spent in the industry is coming from the industry yes now, if you turn it around and do it, not exactly, because obviously we're not, we're not economists and we're not all, you know, we don't run major corporations, but like you would think if money was made on every single product that was sold from top down, money's going to kind of come in from somewhere else. There's going to be more money coming in. 
Absolutely. I mean, that was a really odd way of that's, saying that. No, it's but a that, way no, it, but, but it's honestly, it's sim- that is simple economic math. <laughs> you have to have money coming in to make more money. More money has to be there. Right. More money has to show up for more money to be made. Well, and therein lies but, that that fifty to sixty-five percent number that you guys are talking about. I think is the biggest prevalent issue within this industry that is that is holding it back tremendously. Yeah, and it's hurting the shops. It's hurting the manufacturers. There, are, there is only one person in that in that example that is benefiting, and that is the end user, the shooter. And right. then what he is doing is now what wearing a shrewd hat, a shrewd jersey, and hashtag shrewd. Hashtag this, hashtag that, over and over and over, well, which is costing the companies nothing. Here's the okay, because they didn't lose money I'll, on that deal. So maybe I am stepping back in a little bit of what I said, but I don't think wearing that stuff is horrible. No, it's not. But it's not horrible if you set up to the way where I go. So Siwat is our shoot your way across Texas is our local or our statewide organization or Correct. statewide uh, uh, tournament circuit. I don't think it's horrible for a shooter to show up wearing a Hoyt jersey, a shrewd hat, no. and with a gold tip patch on their shirt. Right. If they push somebody to go to a local pro shop and buy stuff right. at full price. Well, I can tell you that's not happening. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. No. Because that guy that's wearing a Hoyt guys. that guy that's wearing a Hoyt shirt and a gold tip gold tip patch and a shrewd hat and a true with a true ball release pouch, he's getting a Thirty percent discount direct from True Ball for their staff program. He's getting yep. a fifty percent discount on a regional staff deal through the right. Gold Tip Rep, and then he's getting a he's getting a, a discounted bow, or maybe he bought right. a bow or bought a used bow from somewhere. Like now here's it, here's it, something in in regards to that because I I get approached a lot in 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 regards to this. Do you think shops could match the uh, the discounts that some of these manufacturers yes. offer? Yes, one thousand percent. Because like I hear, I, I get a lot of companies that would offer like a, a disabled military or stuff like that uh, discounts. I think pro shops can get into those companies and match those, which they're not well, losing money. They're they still can. making because okay, for uh, uh, I mean, we're making more than thirty points on a True Ball release, correct? So True Ball makes. For Trueball, it makes sense because they make more money selling direct than they do selling to us. 100%. Yeah. On an individual product. Right. And I hate to use Trueball because I'm sponsored by them and I get free stuff from them and they pay me to use no, their but stuff. But even right, in but the optics like, world, I've, you know, I've I mean, been, with Vortex, same yeah. way. I've assumed that's where you're going with that. Well, I've, I've seen companies that would offer, um, like, they'll offer a 40% discount off MSRP. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have another company that'll offer you a twenty percent discount off Map. So you know it's it's what's bigger. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they're attracting a bunch of people, still making money. But I think the pro shops can do the same thing and still make money off of it and well, wrangle in some of these. If it's some somebody of these that I shooters that are just if it's somebody direct. that's worth giving something a discount to, for, or if, you know, like a staff shooter that can sell enough product, like if. If it's somebody that can own, like, is only selling enough stuff to give them a small discount, that company is going to make the same, if not more money. And the, the shop, us as a as a shop, isn't going to lose any money if I sell them a shop or sell them a product at our cost or ten percent above our cost. Now all of a sudden, both of us are making money. Correct. And the government's getting their cut, and the taxes for it too. So all of a sudden, now, now even everybody the, makes money. Well, yeah. damn! Now even the government's winning. 
Yeah, <laughs> government sponsor more archery events. Man, no, as a like, conservative, that's hard to say. <laughs> I want the. I'm even. I'm, we're even telling stuff that the government helps with. Right. Well, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. All right. We need to stop telling secrets. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. You yeah. know, and, and I think that's some of the things that need to be talked about and fixed in the industry because it's just. I strongly believe it is holding us back, and and I and I and to to go full circle here and talk about the ATA, um, it's not even just the ATA. I think it's everything. And kind of I've seen it in shot show. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's now infiltrating our shows and our show season, and you know where we as an industry retailer cannot utilize what we need to use those shows for because we have so many people right trying to do exactly what we're talking well, about. I mean, I, I've seen it, and you said it. I think you may have mentioned it before. Hi, my name's so-and-so. I have 10,000 followers on so-and-so. I have 150,000 blah, blah, blah views. This and that, I want free product. That is what is littered at the ATA now. Give me, now, give, the me ATA, give me. Yeah, the ATA has done a good job in the sense that I think, what, is it, now they have one day, which is none of those people are allowed to be there. Am I right? I yeah. Think. I think they've, they've set aside so, one day. For, well, yeah, so this year now... In the past, ATA used to be off wide open. It's gotten yeah. a little bit better um, in the last few years, and now this year, as far as, or it's gotten better in the past few years, as far as them keeping just like Joe Blow from getting a free shot pass from their specific bow shop to walk around. Right now, this year, what they implemented was a day that was manufacturer and meet or manufacturer and retailer only days that was the first day of the show now i that may be wrong but i know that's the the whole premise behind it was that so there was no media was not allowed and personalities were not allowed now there are still a lot of people that have gone i mean myself included i'll throw myself under the bus in that and like every time i've gone it's been excuse me other than last year when i was working for a manufacturer like when i've gone before as a personality I still went. I had a manufacturer badge. Correct. I had a retailer badge. Correct. So those people can still get in. Right. Like, but well, those are the those are the people that are going that want that small stupid crap. Well, you. It's funny you say that because you look at the the feed. At least my feed on Facebook has been just blowed up. And and I'll, I'll never forget. I think it was Monday, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. All the people on my way to ATA posting pictures of them at the airport and stuff. And I am not kidding you. If there were a hundred of them, ninety of them have zero influence on moving product in the retail market. Oh, it's probably zero. more than 90. <laughs> and and I that makes me crazy as a retailer. I, I, I just sit there and I and honestly, I hate to say it, this is part of the reason I didn't go this year. I'm boycotting it because it makes it, I'm not going to go there and help support that. You are now a social media circus. You're not a buying retail supporting organization. Sorry. That's the way I feel about it. It's not just that, but what about the personalities that go out there and, and promote it in a negative way? You know, people, the end users can look at it and be like, well, that person has no idea what they're talking about. I'm just going to skip well, their product. And I, what's sad is I think a lot of, I, well, I know a lot of people see through that stuff. There are literally social media accounts that are dedicated to calling out BS stuff like that. Making Correct. Hunting Great Again, which is one of my favorite ones. Now he goes... <laughs> He goes fire and brimstone on some guys right. over the top. Yeah, there's right. no filter. Now there's on some that. stuff that is funny, but right. like he goes over the top on some stuff. I agree, and I think you know neither here nor there, whatever about it. Right. TSD is another one. Those guys have been on uh, Aaron Snyder's podcast about stuff, and I think right. a lot of those guys are funnier than crap. But like 
there's even people that are out their whole social media presence existence is solely dedicated to them saying like this person doesn't know trash that person doesn't know anything this person calls outfitters to try to get free hunt so that they can hunt because right. they don't know how to hunt right <laughs> right yeah and, and you know and then with the, to, you know you want to make matters worse and then those are the same people that are and I know a lot of shooters I've know some personal colleagues that do this that they will go and support a product that they really don't even like because they get it for free they get it for free and that's asinine for me. That I, that that's makes to me. no sense to me whatsoever. No, as, a, as, a as a fisherman, I turn down more deals for tackle or baits, and I know in the end, they're not even insulated from it. We used to have. We know of. I can't. Well, I won't name names, but there's been a handful of pros that they have their dock baits, and then what they're really throwing are the rod lockers, and it is no secret that they happen to win a tournament. They, and we, and within the industry, within right. the know, he didn't want to know that. <laughs> but you know what? Stay true to the sponsor, and they're getting paid. Uh, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but on the flip side of it, from a field staff deal where it's just free product, why would you go support something you really don't even like? When you use it, you get it for free, you don't like it, and then you go out and buy the stuff that you need to use to get where you need to be in. Yeah, that's just backwards. It's, it doesn't make any sense. But it happens. Now all of a sudden everybody's losing. Oh, and yeah. that, exactly. We're driving the wrong the wrong market. We're driving the wrong everything. I don't know. It just that's I know we're jumping on a soapbox here. No, sure. no, it's it's a hundred percent true. You know, use what's gonna work for you. that's that's the big lesson and I learned. I, you know, here's the thing. I if I could go set five world <laughs> records with something that is a non industry stalwart I don't care it. if I have to pay ten times. If I had to pay ten times over retail for it, but I'm, it's going to make me a better archer, I will gladly pay it. Well, if you look at like a, a personal friend of mine, Andre Shelby on the on the Paralympic side, he won gold in Rio. I believe he did it with a win-win compound bow. Yep. How many people do you know that shoot win-win compound bows? Nobody. And, and then he uh, shot for Shel- Pearson the next Andre year. Shelby, that's the only one. Exactly. Like, yeah, and he went and swept everybody. Props. Yeah. I if it works more, for you, more respect for that. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's a hard pill to swallow. It was a very humbling <coughs> year and, and off season for me to to understand that, and I am so glad I did it. It's a it's turning a new leaf because well, you can go and shoot whatever the heck you want well, and, and make your, it work for you. Your experience alone, you're a great example. I mean, para able body, left handed cheerleader class doesn't matter. Like I your experience. <laughs> Your experience of dealing with that is a great example of, like, man, if you just go out and shoot, A, go out and support your local shop and shoot the stuff that you shoot well with. Correct. It works out so much better for everybody in the situation. Yeah. Because it works out well for us because you're doing well. You're in the shop. You're interacting with customers. You're interacting with with our other employees and making the shop culture a better thing. Or a better place. I think you're you're shooting certain products. People see you succeeding with those products. People want to buy those products because you're succeeding with them. That's a good thing. Because people are buying products now, all of a sudden our shop is doing better because people are buying products. The manufacturer is doing better because we're having to buy more products to bring in in order to supplement the products that we're selling because you're doing well with them. No, absolutely. I mean, it at the end of the day, yeah, the majority of people that shoot for a shop 
or or hang out at shops, you know, you become a family, you become friends. Well, help your friends out. Your shop has to be able to make money to be able to support you. So, and I hear this a lot. You know, the we see this a lot on that. It's been part of that whole thing that I think that Greg's been talking about. Greg Poole and Daryl Hunt, I think, in one of their uh, yep. their podcasts is you know the shop shooters. And I hear and I've read a lot of the the follow ups to to those podcasts and a lot of shop owners out there in the industry. You know, well, my shop shooters don't do crap. All they do is ask for things and they never give anything back. And this and that. They're, well, that's on you, bro. You yeah, picked dude, the wrong guy. <laughs> there's and I mean I understand it more now that I've been integrated into this. Um, there's there's a post because I I know a lot of people that are small business owners. Um, there's a post that I remember reading somewhere as a picture, whatever it said. Instead of asking your small, if you want to support your small local business owner, don't ask him for free product. Go free product, it. like go buy stuff from exactly. Them. Because you're you're not in all reality. There's very few people. Or there's only one or two shooters, you know, if we're talking archery ex- exclusively, there's only one or two shooters that are actually selling product for your shop. Yeah. If you want to support your local shop, go buy stuff from them, man. Yeah. Because then they make money so that they can buy a pack of well, chicken breast so they can eat dinner later that so, week. So here's, and this is what, you know, from a shop perspective, I, I will say this. The number one mistake that shops make, and I, so I've worked at shops in and out my entire life. I mean, I've been in this industry for 35, 40 plus years. Um, and, I, and that's even as a, like you talked about as, as a young child at eight to 12 years old, like Dane. So I've seen it. And a lot of the shops that I worked with, they would go and take Joe Smith because Joe's got five state titles. They'd go pick, you know, Charlie Rogers because Charlie's, Charlie's won a pro-am and placed top 10 in the, in the NFAA and da, 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 even though those guys are jerks. So what they do, they pick performance over person. Mm-hmm. So you've you've been part of this shop now. We've got over thirty some staff shooters. Of those thirty, we've got what ten really high level, high quality archers that can go out and compete week in and week out to to podium at any event they're going to be at. Mm-hmm. The other twenty some we pick. Uh, I'll tell you what my mantra has been since I've been doing this. I want good quality people. Right. I, well, I, I'm even... picking you not because of your score, because of who you are. Well, even those people because of who they are, we. Us giving them a discount, it's not it's not hurting us no. because we're giving them free product. I mean, they're still buying product. Correct. Even those ten people that are on the upper echelon that have an opportunity to podium at every national level tournament they go to, be it an ASA or NFA, or whatever, and will probably ninety nine percent of the time podium at a state level tournament or Correct. even a regional level tournament. Like we're still not just hand over fist handing out product. We're, no. We still make money off of that Correct. stuff. But 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 what but, but, but the shops are not getting is they think that the performance warrants the position, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I I can name think of a couple people now, even within the Texas region, they'd never shoot for me, ever. Yeah, never. You can be a hell of a shooter, but <laughs> a horrible man, person. Look at look at. It's I mean, you want to go happen. off of like okay, let's go back to your bass fishing deal. Like man, look look at Bill Dance. Bill Dance is podiumed at one. Major bass level, or yep. like one major bass tournament. He got second at Bassmasters, right? That was what kind yes. of blew him up. Yes, dude, Bill Dance. He's a sells more guy. stuff than anybody else I know, and everybody I, loves but, him because he's yeah. cool. He's hilarious. Dude, I he's, love watching his videos of him like falling, his cameraman falling off like he's, Lake Bluff. Or he's him, a lovable rolling a person. boat over. 
yeah, rolling, exactly. falling off a boat and all that right. crap. You got snakes falling on him off of trees yeah, and exactly. stuff. But like, well, going back to that, like, he sells stuff because of who he is, not because of what the he stuff, does, not because of his accomplishments. Yeah. Now, obviously, him being a great person is a major accolade to his accomplishment. Right. Like that's one of his main accomplishments. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. No. No. I mean, okay, going first full circle, Chris B. Chris is an unbelievable shooter. He's made the Vegas shoot off. He's a very well accomplished youth shooter. But from the professional ranks, I mean, if we're being honest and not to talk, you know, not to talk trash on Chris, but like he's not on the same level as Jesse. He's not on the same right. level as Rio, as right. Braden, as myself, as Perkins, as right. any of those guys. And even I'm not on the same level as Chris, Rio, and all them guys to right. some, at times. <laughs> at times. But You're, we're getting there. But, um, I mean, the way, because of who he is as a person and because of the, the way he's able to sell products, he is worth every bit monetary-wise. Monetary his worth is the same as those guys, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, he's a great guy. You know, you can look at it from a different perspective. The guys you just named are selling product because of their prowess behind a bow. Exactly. Honestly. They're they're the top level archers in the world. They're they're doing it because of what they do and how they compete day in and day out. Chris is doing it because of his. He's an ambassador, correct? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. an ambassador for the sport. He's helping grow archery on a on a social media platform, a product development platform. His 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 videos, his involvement as an individual. And let's be honest, he's a well liked guy, correct? Oh, Chris, he's is- not a jerk. No, I mean, I, I've known Chris for 10 years, and I've never seen him be an a-hole okay, so, to almost anybody. And, and so I'm going to ask you a question. And we're not going to name names because we're not here to throw people under the bus. How many people have the same type of influence that Chris does and or the same type of perks for manufacturers that Chris does that are jackasses? A lot. He's rolling his eyes because there are. Am I right? Well, Okay. They're not personable. That, These guys aren't approachable. They are not what you see on TV or on social media is not who they are. But every single person that I know that is abrasive, that comes off as abrasive, is a hell of a shooter. Okay, they sell so, product because of their prowess behind the bow. I don't know anybody that's a garbage shooter and a garbage person that gets the same amount of product and money agreed. that Chris does. Okay, so let's go to You got to be one or the other. You either got to be good behind a bow or you got to be good behind a camera or good good in right. front of people. So I'm going to go back, take a step back. How many people are good behind the camera or good in the social media that are jerks? Oh, a lot. Exactly. A there lot. A ton. I think that people would be shocked if they knew who those people truly were. Well, yeah. Well, but here's the thing, but that's when you run into a social media presence or, or social or a, a uh, social almost, media life versus like life. Yeah, it's almost like an alter ego. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, yeah, it's a it's, social media persona. Yeah, yeah, what what somebody portrays online doesn't necessarily transfer onto real life. Yeah, exactly. Well, ninety nine point nine percent of the time it doesn't. Nobody's exactly. getting online and talking about how shitty their day was. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm I'm glad we're not an FCC violation here. You're gonna have to bleep no, that one out. Okay. So it's no, okay. You're right. You're right. I don't I'm, think that board's that bad. I'm a lot funnier in in person than I am on this podcast. <laughs> no. I don't know about that. Yeah, whatever, dude. Don't make me get up and kick you. <laughs> but yeah, no the the fact that that 
archery is really good at kind of filtering out those people. I've I've been extremely impressed in my in my little experience with it because you're right. We don't have it. Bridger and I come from from the World Archery USAT community. You really don't see a lot of uh of those crappy people out there. Well, even well, the people that are uh, on the grand scheme of things, the people that some people don't like within the archery industry, really not that bad. No, yeah. exactly. But well, a lot of that comes from because we are in such a small industry. Right. I mean, yes, archery is a multi-billion dollar industry. If you take all of the manufacturers, you take all of the retailers, you take yeah. all of the consumer base. But and that's worldwide. That's worldwide, not, but not like in US. comparison to, I mean, even the outdoor industry isn't that big. Right. In comparison to, to like golf or golf or, golf yeah. or yeah. even like fishing. Well, fishing and gun, yeah. But you know what's but funny? Like, fishing was like this in the eighties. Yeah. Just, I am telling you. I mean, I hope and pray that we, prob- we get to that People probably get man, really but, tired of hearing me talk about it, but I'm telling you, I lived it. I well, lived the, what the other, maturation. Well, I mean, golf it's was this exactly way back in like the, it. Golf was this way back in the forties, man. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's be we honest. All, you know, all so these sports went through their maturation well, process. We, and we've and talked we're about this. Hopefully on the verge of doing that with archery, So let's too. be honest with golf. Let's look at golf. I'll, I'll throw that one out there. Um, and, I'll, and, and I'll throw the correlation between fishing. Um, golf, quite frankly, if I hear one more person tell me how boring archery is to watch and they watch golf, I'm going to strangle them. Golf is boring. Really. See, I mean, and I, I enjoy watching golf, but on the I flip side of that, well, it's different strokes for different folks because, dude, you came from bass fishing, so you enjoy it. It kills me to sit there and watch guys catch green carp all day. <laughs> dude, I could throw a piece of bubble gum on a two-aught eagle, eagle claw hook and catch a five-pound bass Okay, if Agreed. I did it long enough. Agreed. But So let me ask you a question. So let's take a step back. What draws a viewer to watch a guy hit a 25-foot putt. Because, well, okay. I mean, he's hitting a 25-foot I'll tell you what I think it is. Go ahead. Why? Why? Because he can go spend $25 to his local municipal municipal course with a $10 dozen golf balls and a $150 set of golf clubs and then buy a $12 12-pack of beer at the clubhouse, and he still has a chance to hit that 25-foot putt. Okay. So I, I agree to a to a point, but I think more behind it is there's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars behind that putt. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That That's why people drama. like watching it. Boom, exactly, dude. Why if do you that think... guy? If Tiger Woods was hitting a twenty five foot putt for five grand, nobody cares. Oh, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Why do people watch the World Series of Poker? Exactly, because there's five ten million on the line. Yeah, on that it's turn. five dudes sitting there with no facial expression and mirrors. Right. Exactly, and, exactly, and dark so, sunglasses. So therein, and so therein lies my. So I will tell you, no one cared about watching fishing beforehand because we were fishing for five grand. There were two guys making money doing it. Now they're fishing for a million dollars in the classic. Well, okay, uh, and and yes, that little green carp with ten minutes to go before he's got to leave and run thirty seven miles to keep make weigh ins creates drama. Right. Now, I, and I'm going to go a step further. The other thing is is personality. So I was part oh, yeah, of that dude. whole movement. Man, I will never forget when Michael Iaconelli came out in bass fishing. Believe in your dreams. Oh, my oh, God. I love that guy. Do you I, talk about, I don't like watching bass fishing that much, but I love I, watching for him. I'm going to tell you hilarious. right now, he sink, him and Gerald Swindle and maybe Skeet Reese, they single-handedly put bass fishing in mainstream media. 
Be- yeah. And and during that time, you can go back and look at all the posts and everything. All the old guard, the guys have been running all the industries. Oh, I'm sure they all hated were, it. Hated him. He's bad for the sport. They're going to kill the sport. The sport's going off TV because of he can't hey, shut man, his it, mouth. It's I, just like I said. Well, it's just like I said when we talked to Linda yesterday, going back to referencing Pat McAfee. It's all it's all the old whites. It is. It's the all old whites. the old guard. The, everybody yes. that's hating it. And it, I mean, you deal with it on every level, organizationally, when it comes to like at least from the tournament archery. Side Could you imagine? I deal if with it. Archery had a Mike Iaconelli right now. Oh my god! No, I'm serious. It'd be amazing. Well, we who's we the closest? You know, so who's the closest to him right now? That's kind of an industry guy and just signed a monster deal and he's getting ready to sign with Monster. Who? Brian Pigman. Do you love him or hate him? There are a ton of people that hate the guy. There are a ton of people that love the guy. He's oh, man, polarizing. Even, even, even here in our store, before the whole monster deal, before the ATA, before the PSC deal, even, even we talk about him here. About man, just, just throw that mechanical broadhead right there mid body in that deer and he'll kill. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude. But, but here's the thing: it's controversial, dude. And you talk about him, Brett? Any? Good press, bad press, any press, good press. Exactly. Keeps them relevant. Exactly. And right now, that is what's killer, in my opinion. We don't have that in our sport right now. We've got a bunch of white-collar, tight-necked, and I'm not bashing these guys because I love all of them. We don't have that polarizing figure who is... Well, I don't know if you need to be polarizing, but like... Oh, it helps. You need to be... Well, it helps, but like you need to be your own individual individual person. Personality is what's lacking. Regard, any Agreed. personality, and why is the that? only because the you, only guy? You, okay, so you shoot at a, at a professional level. I'm sure that there is a a line of etiquette that you guys have all have unwritten in the sand. Oh yeah, that you the follow. only the only guy to me the, the only guy that is the same way on social media and how he posts versus how he talks like one on one in a room with no microphones and no cameras is Jesse Broadwater. <laughs> really? Because he is the most polite human being I've ever met in my entire life. Great guy. And the way he interacts with people on social media is exactly the same the way he interacts with human beings in real life. So who's the craziest in your opinion? Who has the ability to be the nutbag? You mentioned one of them one time and I bowed out of my chair. No. You said Schaff. It's pretty crazy. Oh, Chris is hilarious. I, I just don't see that. No, he, and you see some of it. I mean, dude, the guy walks around with a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I've he's been talking to fun. Chris. He's, he's going to be on our show, but he's out killing mountain lions, hopefully, right now. So Chris yeah. Schaft's for me, and I don't know Chris. See, but even Chris doesn't, he he doesn't hide as, that a lot on social media. He comes he, off as the most mild-mannered, quiet, vanilla guy that I've, I could ever probably think about in the archery. But you tell me sometimes the guy's nuts. He walks around with a mullet. <laughs> walks around with a mullet. He's I got two. I can't wait to have Sean. He's got a show. wife and two kids at home. He's twenty six years old. and He walks around with a mullet. He's be. a wild individual, man. Hey, really? great guy. Let's, Love him to death. Let's, Super cool. Let's go with mullets and handlebars from now on. Hey, he didn't. Chris have a handlebar two or three years ago. I don't. Chris can't grow facial hair. I'm no, pretty sure can't. his comes in like Joe Dirt's. <laughs> and he'll oh, probably Shop, say that too. To this. He'll probably say that too. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah. So, is there a guy out there that's got the type of type of Iconelli background that could that could drive the industry? I mean, Dave really? Cousins, man. Oh yeah, could, yeah he, Dave's he, a wild he's guy. Polarizing. He's yeah. a wild guy. Yeah. Yes, he is. That's true. Actually, the and he's a great ambassador for the sport, but he is. I mean, and Dave in the past, like from archery standards, has been polarizing. Yeah. 
definitely, without a doubt. I mean, good, bad, and different. I mean, some of it's negative, some of it's positive. But I feel like it's that well, way you know, with anybody. You, you know the other guy that I always think about that I don't think we do ad- enough around. I think you could build the sport around this guy, seriously. And I'm going to say this from a talent, from an education, technical, and his emotions is Tim Gillingham. Yeah. Tim is crazy. Oh, he's wild. He, Nuts. Tim gets absolutely... You talk about somebody gets worked up. I mean, you shot with the guy probably on the line. He's... High intensity. Oh man, Tim has Tim Gillingham is the source of one of my favorite archery stories of all time. Okay, we got to hear this. Quick Cliff Notes version. One year at I think it's Idaho Open, Tim was shooting blazer veins that were, you know, back to back on each other. Yeah, offset instead of yeah. a four inch vein. Like, yeah. So he had back end to front end them fletched that way instead of shooting four inch veins. And Rio goes up to him and goes, "Hey man, why are you shooting? Why are you shooting your arrows like that? You got dirty air. You got dirty air. What are you talking about? Yeah, man, dirty air. You got the space the space between the veins. That's dirty air. That's what killed goose. Showed up the next day with four inch veins. True story. Oh, that's hilarious. To, if you're listening, ask Rio Wild about dirty air and Tim Gillingham. Hilarious story. Okay. One of my. It's just. It's not really that funny, but it's so obscure. Yeah. And defines Tim Gillingham to a T. Yeah. Well, the fact that he mentioned Goose, though, that's what's got oh, me man, dirty air. It's what killed Goose. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the bottom line is there are really good ambassadors out there that are doing really good things for companies, doing really good things for their local community. Uh, I, I think we've gone, we've gone all over the place with the... With the Brand pirates and and ATA and internet. Well, you know, if there's one message that I want to put out there is for the young people, and I and I preach this with our young archers is, you know, you're 15, 14, 13 years old, um, and Bridger, I think you agree with this. There is absolutely zero reason whatsoever for you to go and sign a big contract with a big manufacturer at that stage of their career. There's none. I is, so, it makes no sense. I mean, I. My career as a youth archer is abnormal, I guess. I mean, I shot through the ranks fairly quickly, but I still feel like the way that I did it was very efficient and reaped a lot of benefits for me. I was 18 years old, and I signed a giant contract with Matthews, man. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I, but, I was a kid. But how did you get there doing that? Exactly. You I was won. a kid, and I was influenced by, you know, like Rio, by Braden and all these guys. And I went to tournaments. I was wearing Hoyt shirts. I was, But I was wearing Easton shirts. But I was going to tournaments wearing – I had a Hoyt shirt with my local shop tagged on the side of it. Right. But, like, I, I wasn't – I wasn't going to tournaments trying to chase a manufacturer. Now, I, I still remember as a little kid, I was at our IBA – which Iowa Bow Hunters Organization or Iowa Bow Hunters Association Fall Festival. It's our big year end tournament that right. they would do. And I remember there was a couple guys, I was probably like twelve at the time, that had the old school Hoyt jerseys where they were the red shirt, all embroidered black sleeves and the right. white lines on right. them. Right. Old school cotton shirts. Man, I can't imagine wearing them now because especially here in Texas, it would be hot, hot. as hell wearing that crap. <laughs> right. But like I always I remember turning to my dad and be like, Hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a shirt like that one day. And I think it's okay to have that type of mentality. Agreed. But like I did it, like I went in the backyard and I'd go in the backyard and I'd shoot a thousand arrows a week to to get there. Right. Like 
for me, the way I chase it, I don't have a huge social media, social media presence. I, you know, I don't, I'm not super engaged on stuff. I mean, if you message me about stuff, I'm going to ask you or I'm going to answer your questions. Right. But like, for me, it's all, my interaction with consumers is all face to face, but like I grew a brand by winning tournaments as a youth archer. Right. So you may or may not know, and I don't want you to air his, his laundry, but you know, I have mad props for art for Rio. And I'll tell you why. Um, he's one of the few professional archers that I always see him tagging Sportsman's Warehouse, which is his local shop, to this day. Well, he so he he has he a, a contract with him. He has a contract with Sportsman's Warehouse, okay. like as a brand. Sportsman's all their shops, right? Like all their stores. Okay, but I still think it's kind of cool because he is supporting no, is. a shop that is, I think, probably. If I'm not mistaken, it sounds like what Sportsman Warehouse has probably supported him through his career. Oh, it does. Well, yeah, yeah now. There's a, there's so, like, I mean, Steve Anderson's there. another good example. He still he still tags uh, Parkinson's uh, Archery Shop, which is one that's in, I believe it's in the, uh, it's not Salt Lake, but wherever he's originally he from. Jordan or West Jordan or whatever. Somewhere yeah. like that. I don't yeah. know. But it's one of his local shops that now Steve's fair it's still Steve's too, like Jason is fairly new in the industry, right. or at least in the archery community. Right. Now he's obviously excelled insanely quick through it all. But I mean he still tags a lot of his local stuff. And right. That's kinda cool though. I mean I think that's kinda neat when you see that for sure. But Okay. We're we're approaching yeah, it's been an it, hour forty-five. So I'm sure we probably could talk about this for another hour and forty-five. But yeah, we'll we'll probably need to shut it down. But uh, we'll do it two point oh. We need to because there was a yeah. lot of things I think we wanted to talk about. But I mean, I don't. Know, I feel like we did a pretty good job explaining our at least our at least our viewpoints on it. Which yeah. this is our podcast. We get to talk about whatever right, we want. Exactly. And, that's great. <laughs> and there's some people who may yeah. not you know. And that's the thing. You may totally disagree with what we say. Um, well, and, it, and we and understand that we're not we weren't trying to offend. We're, I I look at a platform like this as a way to to start a conversation. Well, that but from what we've seen as a success yeah. within our shop, even the small changes we've made since I've moved here yeah. in the last five months, um, being able to see the benefits and and the negative stuff from what we have and haven't yeah, done exactly. And you know, if you. If somebody has a different opinion, man, just we're all dude, for it. Yeah, messages, talk to us about man. It. That's what we love. That's yeah. why. That's why we do this. Yeah, that's absolutely. why we started the podcast well, because we want to have, we want to be able to have these discussions. About absolutely, stuff. and we all have a social media presence that that we can answer questions that you're at. Your Instagram is Deaton Bridger. Yep. Scott's, I mean, if you if you go on Instagram and search Bridger Deaton, yeah, mine's the first thing right that pops, pops Scott up. Scott Hamlin is JS Hamlin. I'm Jason T. Archery. We've got Leading Edge Archery. We've yeah. got a bunch of, of resources that people can call or uh, just message us. I mean, if you, you know, guys want to call Bridger directly, yeah, his phone number is 210-867-5309. It's right there. No, you know, and honestly, we we invite that. <clears throat> I will tell you that I have a rule that I always used to live by when it comes to, and I'm an engineer, so as a mechanical engineer, I'm the question I ask every manufacturer, every social media person, anything that comes up that is like the new, latest, and greatest is always why. You can't answer that, you're not going to make it very far with me, because I there's always a why. I'll yeah. have the answer for why. Yeah, because I, it's the way I'm programmed. You know, if I'm going to design or help with something or do something, I'm going to answer all the whys 
before design. Well, and I think a big problem in the archery industry is those wires. Well, A, your Y's not there, but B, no. the Y is because I want it that way. Exactly. That's a that's a really a bad way to bad run a business. idea. <laughs> it was a bad way to develop products. It's a bad way to talk about, I mean, God, FOC, everything we talk about. Because I want it that way. Well, that don't, that, that don't work in the world of physics no. or, or Or you say, because... It's got to serve a purpose before yeah. it's actually yeah. out there. I, that, and, you know, and, and honestly, if, I think if the if manufacturers, if social media people, if everybody would sit there and ask that primary question before they make a move, why? It would really, really, really benefit. I think everybody holistically, and I and even down to the organizations, because I think a lot of them right now, it's it's autopilot for them. And yeah, you know, of course, for those people listening. One of my big dreams is to look at the archery shop. The archery shop was a catalyst for me to go in and try to affect change within the industry on all levels. And I'm talking from sponsorship to shooting. I mean, heck, if I had the money, and I'm begging my CFO for this every day, week in and week out, you know, I've talked to some of the pros about it. I want to create a tournament-level circuit that is fair and equitable that gives the archers an opportunity to make a living shooting the bow. I've seen it happen in one industry. I know it can happen in archery. Yeah. It, well, the, the groundwork's here. I think it's I think here. we're getting ready to move in the right direction. Yeah. At least I, because we're getting these different types of catalysts between stuff that we're doing, between stuff that Greg is doing, the stuff that he's getting people to talk about. Yeah. Um, with his larger platform, I mean, what we're doing, what he's doing, are similar. Yeah. But he has a larger platform than oh, we do God at the yes. moment. But like, God, yes. Like or dislike what he's talking about, like. It's starting to move stuff in the right direction, and right. I love to see it. Yeah, he's creating conversation. Yeah, a hundred percent. So no I, I mean, hopefully it's just a matter of time. But uh, man, I, I, something's got to burn down before we rebuild it and get get everything back to where it, you know, the it, direction it, needs to be. It's funny you say that, and I hate. I think that would be a worst case scenario, but sometimes you got to consider is burning it down. There's a reason why forest fires happen. I mean, you're resetting Mother Nature. Yep, you got to regrow. I, yeah, and I don't think that we need to get to that point, but I do no, think but, but there are some things that have to change from the top. They have to. Yeah. I've said it for years. Um, it's got to change, so. Um, <clears throat> yep. We're uh, we're going to start wrapping, wrapping it up. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, sorry, wrapping. Jason. English is my second What language. do we got? Uh, I know we've got some really cool guests coming up. Yep, so... This episode is going to be obviously airing after Linda. We will be recording our next episode. I think our next guest is Crystal Govin. Yep. Uh, she'll be on. Um, Chris, I know, or Crystal, I know you said you've lined up with uh, Chris Schaff. Chris Schaff, once he gets done with his uh, mountain lion hunt. That's going to be fun. Um, that'll be cool. I hope to talking about that. Uh, Paige like, is going to be talking to us Paige after uh, Lancaster. Um, um, you know, we were talking about Rod White earlier. We'll get him on, get right. him talking about well, the and I think you've even social talked, media sharks with him because you've he has to, a very interesting relationship with a lot of them right. on the hunting side of it. Right. Um, well, and have, you've mentioned, you've talked to Chris B. Talked to Chris a little bit. He's super busy right now at the ATA show. He's doing a lot of stuff with Matthews and with ATA directly. Right. Um, they had that cool, uh, I don't know if you saw it. Do you see the that deal where they were shooting the archery connections yeah, deal I where they were doing their yeah. shoot off stuff? Yeah. I lo- I love the ATAs doing that kind of stuff. I'd like to see them get people like Chris and like Chris and Steve Anderson. I think shot with them. Casey Caulfield, uh, who's blown up on the recurve women's side and yep. stuff the last couple Jimmy of years. Jimmy Lutz. 
Jimmy shot with them as well. Like I love seeing them do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Get, so I think the one thing but, I know I heard from <coughs> some of our listeners is that recurve. I know yeah, Crystal's going to help fill that gap. Yes, Crystal yep. came from the uh, the compound side into now Olympic recurve. Yep. Um, but you know if we can maybe. We got we got to look at some. Yeah, some and I've I've there. talked to a couple of people out there. You know, we were joking the other day of doing the archery power couples. Uh, I talked to Mike Schlosser. Yeah, he's uh, he's agreed to come on the show as a guest. But his uh, girlfriend Gabby, um, she used to shoot uh, professionally for the Mexican team. She's, she she was actually in Rio 2016. Yep. Um, well, now she shoots for the the. Uh, for the Dutch team. Dutch team. Yeah. Can, She's agreed forget, to come so on the show. Diff- that's going to be awesome. so many different names for the Netherlands. Yes. Dutch, Netherlands, you know. Amsterdam. Yeah. Well. No, there's there's a lot in store for uh, for the podcast, but, you know, we need you guys as listeners to please keep sharing, keep pushing, keep promoting, uh, share your questions, let us know what you want to hear, and we're right. here for you guys at the yeah, end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you, if you like it, share it. Tell tell somebody else to listen to it. Absolutely. Please do. So other than that, we thank you for your attendance and listening to us. Um, hopefully this thing is going in the right direction, and we are excited to keep bringing you this content. We've got a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. I mean, we talk about it every day in this shop of things that we want to talk about. So we're going to be uh, just flooding you with content, flooding you with stuff, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Other than that, everybody, sign our... <laughs>